Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, and I will be your host today. We are just waiting for court to get started here. This is a hearing that uh, to prohibit Mark Means in the Lori Daybell Vallow, Chad Daybell case uh, from discussing the case in any way. So this is a protective order. That is being filed by Rob Wood and Lindsay Blake uh, to to prohibit Means from talking about anything that he knows about, which is unfortunately everything in this case. And so just waiting for court to get started. It always takes a couple of minutes, but this should be pretty interesting. Uh, this kind of stuff just it just as as the Vallow Daybell case has shown us over and over again. This is stuff that doesn't normally happen in um, these cases, you know, like normally people, you know, attorneys act like they're supposed to act and, you know, everybody does their job. It is not. Uh, yeah, that's just not the case here. So we're uh, we're going to see something new, I think, for this case. We're going to see something new for me to see a uh, protective order get filed against an attorney. So sometimes it just takes a little while for uh, the hearing to get started. So we're just waiting. Hey, Red Girl. Hey, uh, Cranky. Um, this is a this is a hearing to file a protective order against Mark Means in the Daybell Vallow case to say, hey, you cannot talk about or share any of the things that you know. Now that is. Um, it is kind of a scary thing because Mark means he has all the info. Like he has everything because as Lori's, you know, attorney, he's seen like the, the grand jury evidence. Like there's a lot he's seen that we haven't seen publicly. So this is a, um, this is kind of an unprecedented thing. I mean, I'm sure it's happened before, but I've never seen it happen before. So we're just waiting for um the hearing to begin hey welcome amy rj nice to have you all here you guys this is we we were we knew about this hearing yesterday but we weren't 100 percent sure if it was going to get live streamed uh but it looks as though it is because east idaho news that live streams everything um like we do is you know they're they've got a live going just like i've got a live going expecting it to be streamed so Red Girl says means is so unethical. How has he not been removed from the bar? Well, there are lots of questions there because you see, we've only seen part of Judge uh, Boyce's response to the things filed by the prosecutors. So there's more to come on this. Yeah, the hearing is, uh, we believe, going to be live. So we're just waiting for it to get started. Will Mark means appear? I doubt it, um, but it, it's possible. I, I would imagine he doesn't have to be there in order for a protective order to be filed for him. So we shall see. It's pretty interesting stuff. We've learned 
some strange things. One of the things we've learned is that Mark Means doesn't live in Idaho anymore. He has moved to Missouri, which maybe was an attempt to get out of here because he's in some deep water. Uh, welcome, Cynthia. Welcome, Paula. Nice to have you all here. So we're just kind of hanging out, waiting. Um, we're waiting. East Idaho News is waiting. Everybody's waiting. Uh, but is it is believed that this will be held as a public hearing. So kind of interesting. So as, as always, uh, this case does uh, crazy stuff. You know, things happen in this case that don't happen anywhere else. You know, the attorneys out there that are evaluating this case are, you know, they're as flummoxed as we are about some of the stuff that's gone on. And certainly this, you know, defense attorneys don't usually act like this and get in this much trouble. But this one definitely has, is. <laughs> so we're hoping that this uh, is going to go live pretty quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Gypsy Mark does like the camera. Yeah, he he definitely does. I mean, he has he has tweeted a couple of times, which I think is a mistake. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you like the uh, the new intro, Red Squirrel. I appreciate that. Well, so the issue here, um, RJ, is that he there's a protective order being filed against him to. Uh, keep him from sharing anything publicly that he knows about this case because he knows everything, you know, he knows what was in the uh, grand jury evidence, which that's not public. Hey, Alana, you're not too late. Uh, we haven't started court yet. So we're all just uh, waiting for court to start. Just keep watching, checking East Idaho News. They're waiting too. So I think we're we're right in line with what's happening here. Sometimes it takes them a minute to get started. Sometimes they talk about things that uh, they don't put on the record. You know, that kind of thing. Hey, Joni, welcome. Didn't Lori go to Missouri before her arrest? Yes. And when I saw that that's where he'd moved, that seemed weird to me. Uh, yeah, it's something about finding a place for the 144,000 to gather. Yeah, she did. And is it, is that a coincidence that Mark is now moving, living there? I, I have no idea. I honestly don't know. Uh, but it is strange, isn't it? Where in Missouri? I don't know. Uh, I just know Missouri. I thought he would still be bound by client privilege. I slept sometimes in law class. <laughs> You know, um, I I think he would still be bound, um, but he, you know, he's very angry, and I, I feel like he might use some things to lash out. He, um, he's been tweeting, and they're like quotes about justice and the Constitution and and rights and stuff. So he's not actually saying uh yeah i'm i'm quite sure they will stop i'm i don't think he can visit her now gypsy lou um because she is there as yes yeah, still brown still bound until death is the rule thank you thank you jerry i appreciate that um yeah gypsy that they'll stop him from visiting even as a visitor i don't think he can 
she's she's still a prisoner and so she doesn't just get any random old visitors in the hospital so i don't believe that they would allow him to see her i i really question like what kind of meltdown is she having now that this has all gone on you know she's got to be having some serious um issues herself with losing him you know when it comes to her his beliefs and stuff okay so this is live we're gonna go Okay, we are going to go on the record here. This is case CR 22-21-16-24, State versus Lori Noreen Vallo, aka Lori Noreen Daybell. This is the time we have scheduled for a hearing. Uh, the state filed a motion to modify or in the alternative to extend the court's protective order. Uh, and for starters, I'll issue or I'll indicate there was a protective order issued in this case, and it was filed under seal, and that was issued on July 15th, 2021. Courts reviewed the contents of that order, and pursuant to Idaho Court Administrative Rule 32I, the court does find that for purposes of this hearing, counsel may refer to and mention the order or the contents of that order. Uh, even though it's under seal, the, the court will make a determination that won't violate the terms of the order sealing the protective order as it's the subject today's of today's proceeding. If we need to go into any of the specific details or allegations that led to the issuance of a protective order, the court would ask that that be done in camera uh, on the record, but uh, outside of the public's view and a closed portion of the proceedings if necessary. Uh, appearing today for the state is Lindsay Blake, who will be arguing the motion. On behalf of the defendant is Mr. Archibald. And I understand Mr. Archibald, your client is listening in telephonically to this hearing. Is that correct? Yes, Your Honor. Okay, thank you. We are conducting this hearing by Zoom remotely. It's also being live streamed on the court's YouTube channel for public access to the hearing. And so I will bring up another uh, part of this motion. It was filed on shortened notice uh, on December 29th. And so we're having a hearing on shortened time frame. I wanted to ask Mr. Archibald if you object to the proceedings going forward today on shortened time as requested by the state. Your Honor, when they asked if, if I would be okay with setting this in within the time frame, I said, yes, that's okay uh, to set it quickly. I, I still do intend to object to the contents of the motion, but I'm okay with proceeding. Very well, then. On the motion for uh, request to shorten time, the court will grant that, and we will proceed forward with the substance of the hearing then today. So uh, the state's filed the motion, the court's reviewed that. I understand Mr. Archibald has an objection to the motion. So Ms. Blake, if you'd like to offer argument in support of your motion, you may. Thank you, Your Honor. The state did file a motion to clarify or in the alternative to extend the court's protective order, which was put in place pursuant to Idaho Rules of Criminal Procedure, uh, Rule 16 specifically, and specifically subsection L. The state had previously filed a request or a motion for 
a protective order to be put in place with regard to the discovery in this case. There was later a hearing regarding that motion um, with regard to the case number applicable to Chad Daybell. That order uh, was essentially modified with regard to that case number. However, it's the state's understanding that the order, that protective order remained in place specifically with regard to Mr. Means in Ms. Ballow's case. That motion was supported by a sealed declaration or affidavit um, under Idaho Criminal Rule 16L or Rules of Criminal Procedure 16L. The requirement is that that uh, declaration remains sealed if the protective order is granted. So the state did not intend to get into the details of that declaration today, um, specifically because it is sealed and has not been provided publicly or to counsel at this point. It's the state's understanding that this court had reviewed that um, in making the determination to keep the protective order in place with regard to Mr. Means. It's the state's position that this court has broad discretion when determining issues with regard to discovery and whether or not there should be a protective order in place to protect the integrity and the fairness of all parties um, or the right of all parties to a fair trial. The state's position is that that authority of the court over the discovery, the protective order and or potential dissemination of those discovery materials remains within the court's purview and control whether or not counsel is active in the case. So the state had initially, uh, this is a two-part motion the way it's drafted, because it would be the state's position that that protective order actually is still in place, and we simply wanted to clarify that. Um, And specifically, with the additional hearings that happened with regard to the protective order, it's specifically in place with regard to Mr. Means. The state's position is it does not matter whether or not he remains counsel of record, that protect the court maintains discretion and control over that protective order. And we would just ask to have that clarified. If in the alternative, the court does not view that as uh, currently being in place, then we would be asking the court to consider expanding or extending that order um, continuing forward. In addition to that, uh, the state would note and the court is probably aware, there have been certain discovery materials that have been disseminated or disclosed that relate to this matter. They were not disclosed uh, specifically here in Idaho, but have been disclosed in other jurisdictions or in another jurisdiction. However, it is still the state's position that given the voluminous amount of discovery in this case, there is still a significant amount of discovery materials that have not been (coughs) disclosed or disseminated to the public, And that it would not be in the interests of any party's right to a fair trial if those were to be disclosed. Specifically, there are some very sensitive documents that have not been disclosed. Um, Again, based on the protective order being in place, the state did not intend to specifically list any documents. If the court um, felt that it was necessary or important for the court to know what some of those documents are, I think um, the state would request to discuss that in chambers and then make a determination whether or not the court wants that placed on the record. But that would be the state's position with regard to that. I think um, in addition to that, Mr. Means has an ongoing obligation based on the court's recent order 
with regard to removal of Mr. Means from this case, there was a finding that he had represented both Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow Daybell. So it's the state's position that he has an ongoing ethical obligation as well to both of his former clients under Rule 1.9. And we think the court can take that into account as well in determining the appropriateness of continuing forward with this protective order to ensure the integrity of this case and the rights of everyone to a fair trial. In addition to that, um, with the court's most recent order and some of the issues or concerns that were addressed in that order, um, and the state recognizes some of the state shared in those same concerns and had raised a lot of them in response to some motions filed by Mr. Means. But specifically what the state is referencing or looking at is the concern regarding Mr. Means filing documents under penalty of perjury and documents that specifically referenced um, or at least alluded to conversations he may have had or did have with his client, Ms. Vallow Daybell. The state has concerns, um, shares the court's concerns regarding those and the potential for Mr. Means to become a witness in the case. So we would ask the court to consider looking at Rule 1.9, and the court had previously referenced 1.7 in the court's prior order, whether or not some kind of an additional order prohibiting or restricting disclosure of any conversations he may have had with Ms. Vallow Daybell and or discussion of the most recent pleadings that had been filed where that was referenced. The state believes it may be prudent for the court to look at entering some kind of an additional order. We wanted to raise that concern and leave it in the discretion of the court. Um, the state does not believe anything has changed with regard to the protective order and the need for the protective order or the potential uh, negative ramifications and implications if that order is lifted with regard to Mr. Means. Let me ask a question here, Ms. Blake. The protective order, in effect, relates specifically to documents in discovery and information in the case. Uh, I guess the concern I have is what's being raised here to me. Seems like you're asking for what I would consider a gag order, wherein your motion is requesting that I order that he be prevented from public comment, for example. And as you just mentioned, from uh, essentially talking about the case, which to me, that's a request for a gag order, which is certainly different than the order that's in effect that only relates to discovery in the case. So is, I mean, is the state asking for a gag order here? We are not, Your Honor. And I guess I should be clear on that. And maybe I'll clarify that a little bit better. We are asking that the court clarify whether or not the current protective order that has been granted specifically is currently in place with regard to Mr. Means that is applicable under Rule 16L. We're asking for clarification that that remain in effect. If the court did not see it as remaining in effect right now, we would be asking to expand or extend that order to continue to remain in place with regard specifically to Mr. Means based on the attached declaration that was filed with the state's motion and the rationale provided in there. And then as uh, so that was kind of a two part argument. And then the third part, and I think I called it a two part argument, but the third part would be 
the state just wanted to um, essentially address our concerns and join in the concerns addressed by this court in the most recent order regarding those communications. We are not specifically asking for a gag order. We wanted to raise the concerns that the state had um, and then leave it in discretion of the court whether or not any kind of an additional order is appropriate. I think in our motion, we also specifically outlined the state is not asking for a gag order um, generally speaking, because we have indicated in our motion, and it would be our position, that we do think if at any point the court ordered or the court authorized Mr. Means to talk about any of the discovery materials under rules, under the protective order that was put in place under Rule 16L, and or if the court did create any other kind of an order restricting Mr. Means' comment regarding conversations he's had with his client, that that would still be in the court's discretion to allow those comments to occur. The state is not trying to um, become the micromanager of those. We just had concerns and felt it was more appropriate if the court and or current counsel, Mr. Archibald, if one or both of your permission were required for any kind of disclosure regarding A, the discovery materials, and then separately if the court does enter any additional order, um, regarding restriction of conversations, that then the authorization be required from the court and or Mr. Archibald for those uh, to be made public or for public comment to be made regarding those matters. Okay, well, thanks for your clarification on that point. Uh, Mr. Archibald, what is your response to the state's request? Your Honor, I was not involved in the case when the initial protective order was put in place by Judge Watkins in July of 2021. I've seen the order. I, I don't know the reasons for that. I, I know there are rules of, uh, of disclosure of grand jury transcripts, particularly uh, Rule 6.2 of the Idaho Criminal Rules. So I have received the grand jury transcript um, my client has not seen it. I intend to make a copy of it for her and, uh, and, and, and so that she knows what the evidence was that indicted her on these charges. Uh, but reading the protective order by uh, disclosing the grand jury transcript uh, discovery information to her, that could potentially be uh, a violation of this order. And, I, and so I certainly don't think the court can impede in my ability to get discovery materials to my client. And, and the reason that could be a violation is because they won't be in her possession. She can read them. And then because she's at the state mental hospital, then she would have to turn those over to the custodians there. And then they would safe keep them for her. So, uh, in that respect, this protective order is is complicated in that uh, other people will take possession of these materials for my client. I, I'm objecting to this modification of the protective order uh, in part due to they're mostly asking for uh, prohibitions on Mr. Means. And Mr. Means, as former counsel, was not served with a copy of this motion, uh, was not notified of this hearing uh, by personal service. He's not a party to the case anymore. 
And so, yes, he knows about the state seeking additional restrictions on him, but it is unfair for uh, the court to uh, put an order on him uh, when he's not uh, a party to the case. Attorneys owe their clients duties, both, uh, both current clients and former clients. They owe them duties, duty of, of loyalty, a duty of confidentiality, and uh, all of us attorneys uh, have those duties to our clients, whether they're current clients or former clients. And so uh, Mr. Means is still under obligations to Lori Ballow to uh, be loyal to her and to keep her secrets confidential. And he uh, knows of those duties and he should uh, respect those. And so um, in, in proceeding with this hearing today, um, uh, to clarify this protective order, it would be uh, improper, I believe, for the, the court to issue orders impacting Mr. Means when he's not uh, a part of this hearing. The information in this case is voluminous. I agree with the state. There has been so much information produced by, by who? By Lori Vallow or her attorney? No. It's been disseminated to the public by law enforcement by both Idaho law enforcement, by Arizona law enforcement, by Utah. Uh, and the court knows about that. The court knows about that because of the change of venue hearing. The court has been able to see all the media publicity about the case. And, and did that information come from the defense? No, it came from the state uh, or other state jurisdictions. And so to, to continually try to ramp down on the defense as, as though we're doing something wrong is, I believe, uh, misguided. But because uh, the court has heard the change of venue evidence, the court has ruled on that. The court has transferred venue because of that. And so um, any further restrictions on defense of dissemination of information I believe is is not justified. And so um, th th there haven't been any violations, I don't believe, of this order uh, since July. And so for the past six months, this order has been complied with. So I don't see the point in uh, making further restrictions on the defense. That um, it's been abided by. There haven't been any motions for contempt or uh, sanctions against uh, Mr. Means or the defense. So, so I I don't believe this motion is well taken. So, uh, for those reasons, Your Honor, I object. Okay, thank you, Mr. Archibald. Uh, Ms. Blake, anything you'd like to say in response and rebuttal? Yes, Your Honor, and I'll try to keep this brief. Uh, as the state indicated, when we filed this protective order, uh, or I guess we didn't make this clear, when the motion for the protective order was filed, it's a state's recollection that Mr. Archibald was not counsel of record at that time. As I indicated, there was a hearing held regarding the state's request for the protective order, and essentially the the state's understanding and interpretation was 
the order remained applicable to Mr. Means based on the sealed declaration that was attached to the state's motion. The state does recognize that Mr. Means was not served and a copy of the state's initial motion for the protective order or the declaration, but that was done pursuant to the requirements of Idaho Criminal Rule 16L. It specifically indicates it's an ex parte motion and that the declaration will remain sealed if it is granted. So the state also recognizes that Mr. Archibald has not had an opportunity to review or see that declaration. Um, the state's position on that is we are simply complying with Rule 16L. If the court um, believes that it has discretion or authority and Mr. Archibald needs to review that, the state would leave that solely in the discretion of the court. The states, um, additionally, we want to make clear we're not asking for additional restrictions under Idaho Criminal Rule 16. We are only asking to have that remain in effect, whether or not that's just clarifying that it does remain in effect or whether it, or not it needed to be extended or expanded to remain in effect. But we're not asking for additional restrictions outside of what are already in place with regard to the disclosure of any discovery materials or information. Further, the state does not believe at this point that that protective order has been made applicable to Mr. Archibald or that he is bound or restricted under that. I think that would require, require some additional findings or restrictions to be put in place by the court, and the state is not asking for that at this time. Again, um, it's a situation where the state's rationale and reasoning is provided in a sealed declaration that we are not getting into the contents of today. So we reference back to that with regard to why the state had requested that. And I believe that was the rationale for the court uh, keeping that in place at this point in time or it initially being granted by Judge Watkins. The only additional concerns raised by the state today are um, based on some argument made by the state previously the court's most recent order removing Mr. Means from the case, and the state wants to make clear, we're not specifically asking for additional orders. We simply wanted to address that the state shared the same concerns and wondered whether or not the court felt an order would be appropriate and wanted to raise that potential concern there. But we're not specifically asking for any specific order, just raising that as a potential concern. And if I can have just a moment, Your Honor. Yes. And that's it for the state, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ms. Blake. Well, the courts reviewed the motion, which, as has been mentioned, was uh, prayed for in the alternative. Uh, I've reviewed also the order, which was issued by Judge Watkins on July 15th and looked at the terms of that order. Uh, the order, as it's written, I think serves to be in effect as to both Mr. Archibald and Mr. Means as written. And because uh, of the broad language of the way the order was written, I'll just cite to the first one of the sentences in there, it is, ordered that no one having access to the discovery in this matter, including but not limited to the state, the defendants, defendants counsel, employees, etc. So I think the terms of this order cover both current and former 
counsel for the defendant, wherein obviously Mr. Archibald is currently defendant's counsel. Mr. Means is prior counsel, but he is still someone that is included, but not limited to, if we use that language, someone who has access to the discovery in the case. And so I don't see a reason to need to expand the order. And my concern I had, as mentioned, was whether the state was seeking some sort of a gag order against Mr. Means. And if that were the case, then Mr. Archibald's arguments about him requiring notice of any such proceedings and an opportunity to be heard would come into effect. So the court will simply grant the motion clarifying that based on the language of the existing order, the order does not need to be modified or amended, but the language includes the restrictions as they apply both to Mr. Archibald and Mr. Means, and that order continues in effect in the case. With that being said, Ms. Blake, there was a concern raised that perhaps the order was in fact too broad, and Mr. Pryor raised that in his case, in Mr. Daybell's case, that the way the order was written, it appeared potentially he couldn't even have office staff and others having access to the information to assist him with the case. So I recall that issue coming up. I don't recall that we modified the order in that other case. And if you'd like to clarify that, I think the order is clear that discovering this case is not to be disseminated outside of the attorneys working on the case and those necessary to assist them. But it doesn't need to be so broad that, for example, if Mr. Archibald has an assistant helping transcribe something or work on something that he needs to get a specific order from the court to not run afoul of the terms of the order. So I know we had that discussion previously. And if anything, I'm wondering if I need to potentially clarify the order to make it a little less restrictive to allow Mr. Archibald to proceed without worrying that he's going to violate the order by doing his job. So your thoughts on that, Ms. Blake? Your Honor, the state has no objection to that. The state's recollection was when we had the hearing at Mr. Pryor's request that the order was actually modified on the record. I thought that Mr. Pryor had followed it up with a written order indicating such. But I think we had a similar discussion on the record regarding the potential to discuss it with certain defense witnesses or experts or staff. And the court did relieve or modify the protective order with regard to Mr. Pryor and the state at that time. I don't recall that Mr. Means made argument on that motion. He may have, but if so, I do not recall that. But either way, the state does not have an objection to modifying that protective order to allow Mr. Archibald to speak with staff experts who he needs to regarding the case. And obviously, specifically with regard to his client, he should be able to go over discovery with her. And I don't think the state ever had an intent for the order to restrict that counsel's ability to discuss the case or discovery with their client. So if the court needs any additional information or clarification, the state's happy to provide that. Okay, thank you for that. I looked back through Mr. Daybell's case and did not see where we actually entered a modified order. So perhaps that's a matter of housekeeping I need to take up in both cases. But Mr. Archibald, so 
I think the order should be modified to the extent that it doesn't cause you concerns when you're when you're working with staff and others that need to have necessary access to this information. So based on all that, I'll I'll grant that part of the state's motion, but actually I think I will go back in and issue an amended order that will be effective in both cases. I'll notify Mr. Pryor of that so it doesn't come as a surprise. Uh, we've already had that discussion with him, um, but based on the findings of this hearing, I think it's appropriate that we clarify those orders, make sure they allow the defense counsel to have adequate access to people necessary that are assisting them in the case. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Your Honor. Okay. And then that would apply as well to the state uh, using their resources as well in prosecution of the case. So uh, I will work on getting a uh, redraft of the protective order issued in both this case and Mr. Daybell's case, and we'll submit those into the case and serve those on counsel. All right. Is there anything else we need to take up on the hearing today then from the state? Not from the state, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ms. Blake. Mr. Archibald, anything further for the defense? No, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. Thanks for your attendance, everyone. We'll be in recess. All right. Well, there you have it. They're going to uphold that protective order, which does limit means. Now, there's clearly a document that has not been made public specifically about why and specifically about some of the things that um, have happened in the past. So we're a little out of the loop as far as where I remember when this protective order happened and we um, often you know, have supposed that it was to do with Lori's commitment to a psych hospital, but we're not 100% sure. But now we know that there is some protection in place for, um, you know, keeping means from sharing information he shouldn't be sharing and that there could be some, uh, you know, consequences for that. So interesting stuff. It's it's interesting to see Archibald in court representing Lori because he acts like a regular attorney. You're oh, I'm concerned that means might try to blackmail the court with his information. Well, I think that would land him in jail because of this uh, protection order. Yeah, so it's not a gag order, but it is. There's a specific what I think what they're talking about is the grand jury evidence. The 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 um, transcript of the grand jury proceedings. That's what we're really talking about. And so that's where we need to, you know, that that's the thing that they do not want him releasing because that information has not been made public and won't. Um, at some point we'll learn about it in the trials, maybe. So we'll see. Maybe they don't want details about the kid's death leaked. Yes, the, the kid's cause of death, their autopsies have not been leaked. And they are certainly part of the situation here, but that is part of the grand jury transcript. So I, I think that's what we're talking about here is that they're trying to protect that. Um, yeah, the, the diagnosis was leaked in several different places. Um, my son actually has the same diagnosis. And so I, 
you know, looking at the situation and with her, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that is correct. But again, you know, we can't validate that for sure uh, because that is leaked information. So, yeah, so interesting, interesting movement here. Interesting that Lori is watching. Interesting that Lori has not seen the um, transcript of the grand jury up to this point that Mark Beans has not provided it to her. I find that odd. I would think that that's the first thing that you would do. Your client needs to read through this and understand what is the evidence against them? How were they, you know, what what's the evidence that got her and Chad indicted? Yeah, it will take time. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Pretty interesting stuff today. And it's interesting to watch um, just normal court where no one is acting a fool. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, cat. I, I I can imagine means wants to use the information for his own benefit. Maybe you know, is is Lori capable of understanding the court proceedings? Well, at this point, no, and that's why she is in that hospital. But I would think that they would maybe have been providing this information to start working on getting to a point where she could understand it. Because it's strange to me that. Um, she hasn't seen this information yet. Th these are the things that she is being um, accused of. She, sh she should know. So I don't know. Yeah, it's true. They, they, you know, they said they believe they're God. They believe they are the church, you know, all those kinds of things. So um, I don't know. We'll see. You think she's refusing to read the details? I don't know. From what Archibald said, it sounded like she'd never even been given them. So I don't know. I mean, it's an unbelievable, as they said, you know, <laughs> that word voluminous is somehow contagious because once one of them says it, then they all start saying it. Uh, but I would assume that it would take quite a while to get through it. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is. So, all right. Well. We uh, will be back tonight with case updates with lots of things from various cases, not just this one. We're going to be sharing Mark Means tweets with you because there have been a couple of doozies that make you wonder what the hell is he thinking right now. Um, but then again, we kind of always feel that way, don't we? All right. Well, we will be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain for the Psychic Hour. No. <laughs> case updates it's case updates tonight and tomorrow night at 7 p.m mountain is the psychic hour thanks for joining us everybody it's been nice to have you here and you know it we are true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters thanks for being here <laughs>